Welcome to CoreCentric Conversations, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories of procurement and finance transformation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of CoreCentric Conversations on Accounts Payable Trends in 2023. I'm Kelly Barner, and I'll be your host for this podcast. It is a good practice to look at the horizon and map out coming trends for any business function, including accounts payable. To get some insight into the trends we can expect in 2023, today I am joined by William Dorn, Senior Vice President of Product Operations at CoreCentric. Bill has over 25 years of experience as an operations professional and source-to-pay thought leader. In 2018, Bill joined CoreCentric by way of acquisition, where he was a partner, consultant, and head of operations for the well-known procurement advisory firm, SourceOne. Bill is a frequent guest, speaker, panelist, and author for topics including strategic sourcing, procurement, payments, process efficiency, and technology. So welcome, Bill. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me, Kelly. So as I've already teased, we're going to talk through some of the AP trends for the coming year. But you know, we're procurement people, so we love our baselines. So can you start us off with just sort of a sense of what the current state of AP is? Yeah, so um, I'm sure not unfamiliar to a lot of people, but we seem to be in a in a perfect storm of conditions right now, <laughs> which are driving uh, um, a little bit of urgency, I would yeah. say, um, in the AP world. So certainly with a labor shortage and supply chain issues, of course, and probably first and foremost is uh, the ongoing battle with inflation, yeah. it's really made AP a, a focus area where I think traditionally it was kind of looked at as a almost forgotten about back office function. Now it's got, I would say, a lot more um, uh, interest in the boardroom, so to speak. So I think in general, AP is going to be a, a really hot focus area, probably more so than we've seen in, in quite some time. Well, that's interesting that you talk about the increased attention as well as the urgency of trying to make some changes in the moment. Any thoughts around what might change with regards to the AP operating model this year? I don't know if the operating model will change so much, more so probably the focus and attention that it's getting and probably greater scrutiny around the metrics that are used to measure it and the overall visibility that it has in the organization. I wouldn't say things are going to be status quo in terms of how they're operated. I just think that there's going to be a lot more resource attached to this. Um, I think in some ways, that's going to be good for organizations. So companies that have been looking to invest and maybe put better systems in place or better processes may actually have the attention within their organizations to, to get those things to happen this year, whether that means, you know, with some financial investment yeah. or, or more people resources or, or looking for outside support. But generally speaking, I think that the, the key thing here is the, the awareness of the AP function within the business. So we're still looking to do the same things and that's manage working capital better. So I don't think that's going to change. It's just the the paths to get there are probably going to be a, a little bit more extreme and a little bit more resource-backed uh, in the coming year. Well, as we talk about those those paths that people are taking and hopefully seizing this moment with the urgency and all of the attention, 
Based on all of the conversations that you've had, what would you say are the most common priorities for AP teams right now? One thing that I think is probably first and foremost, but often not talked about is the security of what's happening with AP moving forward. So when I talk about security, it goes far beyond your typical fraud type of things, you know, where there's there's a potential for fraud in accounting and accounts payable. But now we've got a bigger issue in terms of the actual security of the data itself. So we've seen this workforce movement to, to working from home, and that in itself has created a a larger opportunity for um, you know backdoors and and confidential information maybe hitting machines that are outside of the typical IT department's purview. Um, the the lack of um, physically working in an office and being able to validate uh, with a, with an AP person or with a procurement department around the change of potential um, uh, vendor's address or something like that. It just a lot more opportunity for, you know, really criminals in some cases or, or just general cybersecurity theft and things like that. So I think it's something we all have to keep in mind as we move forward. But then some more things that are, um, you know, very more specific to the AP function is obviously there's going to have to be a higher percentage of electronic invoicing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, that suppliers and, and, and the buying organizations are going to have to invest significantly in APIs and and uh, EDI and these you know expensive uh, processes to make systems talking to each other. What I do think it means is that AP departments have to get better at receiving basically invoices from their suppliers in any format that they can get them, and the burden has to be on them in some degree to get those into an electronic format so that. Uh, they can be reconciled quickly and, and the payments can be made on time in, in an efficient manner. So, and that takes you to the next step, which is, you know, getting all this stuff electronically is then going to be critical to being able to build the, the matching and coding and the workflow automation and the things that we hear about in artificial intelligence and machine learning and RPA, uh, robotic process automation. Then as we move forward, I think one thing we're going to see a lot of Priority, particularly in international regions, is going to be compliance. There's a ton of changes going on in the invoice and taxation regulation compliance right now, um, particularly in France and Germany and uh, other countries around the world. But but there's probably some of the first ones to be rolling out around um, you know having third party uh, ledgers yes. that need to go to the government in order to reconcile and prove that you're paying taxes on these bills and everything else. So again, I think this all gets back to really having strong systems that those systems then having good data in them so that you can actually have data science efforts go against them, whether it's to build really good reports or build insights into what to do with that information or to start to build out the artificial intelligence workflows to automate business processes. So there's clearly a lot on AP's plate, and that's just getting their own work done. But I think all of us, regardless of the exact title we bear right now, are well aware of the fact that the experience expectations on the part of everyone that we all interact with are much higher now than they've been in the past. So if we think about, for instance, what distributed buyers or internal stakeholders are looking for 
from AP. Do you think we can expect to see any changes or new trends, maybe some of that attention converting into more engagement? What might AP see from internal stakeholders this year? Definitely think um, all of this stuff kind of goes back to that increase in visibility of of AP within an organization. And I think um, taking that a step further is exactly what you're saying, is that means that there's going to have to be greater engagement with the other stakeholders within the business. So if I just kind of think at things at the top of mind, you know, one of the pains is not a new issue, is when AP is trying to reconcile a non-purchase order transaction, right? So it's an invoice that comes in the door that there's probably not good information or data on, on how that invoice was even generated, right? Who bought the thing? Was it allowed to be bought? Um, how was it paid for or not paid for? Reconciling all that can be a, a very complex problem. And, and time-consuming problem, and uh, obviously one that, that can bring fraud into the picture and things like that as well. So I think immediately you're going to see AP and PO, um, uh, or excuse me, from purchasing organizations working together to probably drive better PO processes and add some more compliance, eliminate maverick buying, um, drive things into uh, automated systems so that there's less of that manual work that has to be done on the non-PO side of things. So it's time consuming and and these groups are going to have to work together to, um, you know, make it not so. I think finance and and AP more broadly are going to be working hand in hand to really start to figure out uh, where the greatest value or impact the AP can have to the organization. So, um, you know, traditionally, an AP organization might may, uh, have a handful of people that are they're going in and they're they're paying bills, right? And and they're typically just managing to a timeline. This this payment needs to be made on this date, so I'm not charged a penalty. Um, but what we're going to start to see, I think, is is as companies think about more holistically managing their working capital. Um, they're going to start to look and be smarter about these things. And they're going to have to come back with information and systems and and in some cases, third-party companies that can come in and provide additional resource here to really help drive better um, utilization of time. So um, better utilization of time and smarter decisions. So if we can take advantage, for example, of early payment discounts, um, how should we be doing that? What criteria should be used? Who's going to actually make that call? How are we going to get that back into the hands of the AP person that, that needs to go in and actually get that bill paid and perhaps um, you know, get an extra 3% savings in the door for the organization to have a little bit more cash on hands? So I think there's just going to be this broader um, uh, cross-functional exercise yeah. to, to manage working capital as a business better. Uh, so that it's not just treated as a as a back office function with a, a bunch of people that are you know coming in and and paying bills. Yeah, no, and it's you talked a couple of times about payments, which obviously brings suppliers to mind, right? This is this is a huge touch point for them. Maybe second only to getting the contract, right? Is when the payment shows up, and if we're going to try to get more sophisticated with our working capital strategies we do still have to make sure that we're not accidentally burning bridges with suppliers. So are there specific supplier-facing trends that AP is accommodating as well? 
we have a lot of this demand that typically comes from the buying community to have a supplier compliant with your processes, right? We've all heard the stories of of Walmart that basically said, you're going to use our systems. And if you ever send us a, a bill um, via paper, we're actually going to charge you for that and everything else. Um, the reality is the, the world is shifting there, right? Is, is the suppliers have um, certainly more control than they've ever had before, particularly with supply chain sh- shortages that are going on. We can't expect every supplier that we do business with to um, build system integrations or, or cater to every single whim that we may have around um, our compliance standards with AP. So uh, the the buyer community needs to be better and faster in all offering uh, multiple mechanisms for the supplier to send them invoices and, and be able to reconcile those and, and get them paid um, in a timely fashion that's not terribly painful to the supplier. Secondly, uh, suppliers do want to see accelerated payments. So offering them opportunities for things like V cards, which can help reduce fraud as well, um, to help with accelerated payments. These are all things, you know, suppliers have the same issues that we have as buyers, right? Is, is we need to have the working capital in the door. We need to get our bills paid. So we need to collect faster and things like that. So the more that suppliers and buyers can have open dialogues around what's important to them, probably where we're going to see the most successful and collaborative supplier relationships is where you're not just dictating to the supplier when they're going to get paid and everything else. It's asking them what are the things that would help them be successful as a business. Now, we would be remiss in this conversation about trends for the coming year if we didn't address automation. And if there's anything that I find almost as interesting as automation, it's cheeseburgers. So bear with me, Bill. I promise this ties back. I recently saw a really interesting video about Flippy. Uh, Flippy is a robot that's being rolled out by White Castle to help them meet their talent needs, right? You you mentioned labor shortages earlier. But the thing that really stood out to me, well, other than the fact that the burgers look good, was that in this video, the manager was really stressing that this automation, that Flippy the robot was being brought in to support not to replace humans. So we've also seen, I think there's a McDonald's someplace that you know has absolutely no people in it except customers. This Flippy is working side by side. And it was interesting to me that that balance of sort of talent augmentation. Do you think the use of automation can be similarly done to support AP teams? So beyond grilling, can we bring in less physical automation? You talked about RPA, right? Can we use automation to actually augment and make all of these things that AP has to do this year a slightly less heavy lift? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, interestingly, you just mentioned the McDonald's example, which I believe was in Texas. And the article I read said that it actually employs the same amount of employees, human employees, as a normal McDonald's. They just have different roles within that company. So um, that's, I, I think, no different here. In fact, uh, a lot of the companies that CoreCentric helps, where we come in and, and we provide either technology or managed services to to augment or support or, or uh, in other words, bring more tools to the table for AP departments, we actually see that those customers usually don't eliminate any staff. They're shifting mm-hmm. their people into more strategic roles within their organizations. 
So we talked a little bit before about, um, you know, the importance of data science and, and those sort of things. And what that really means is rather than just kind of being a tactical um, person that's transpi- transposing data from invoices and getting in the system and clicking buttons and pushing paperwork along, um, those individuals can actually have much bigger impact to the company if they're doing more strategic roles. So if they're looking at information because they no longer have to key lots of data into a system and they have more time now to maybe look at the information that's in front of them and make decisions around where they're going to be most impactful moving forward. Where can they uh, do things like uh, take advantage of those early payment discounts or where can they cut down on uh, opportunities for fraud or where can they find um, suppliers that are perhaps perhaps shifting into higher volume positions with them that they might want to move into more strategic roles. Ultimately, when you can take some of the burden of, of daily uh, tactical work away from people, you can enable them to actually have a bigger impact into the organization and spend their time on much more valuable work uh, instead of that tactical work. So one last question for you before we wrap. So we've talked about trends and automation, um, but drilling down within sort of the, the digital sphere, where do you think AI comes into this? Or where do you think we'll see the impact of AI on accounts payable in 2023? It's going to catapult forward. I think there's already been a, a lot of work on the AI side. There's a lot of really great solutions that are coming out there. But at the same time, frankly, I don't think a lot of companies are prepared to, to implement AI. Um, and I would say that because it's increasingly becoming incumbent on internal IT departments or or perhaps even external uh, IT support for businesses to put another point solution into place, right? So, you know, you've got the AP departments needing, um, first it was robotic process automation, now it's artificial intelligence. Um, they've got perhaps uh, point systems that help help them make the decisions on where the payment should be made. They're managing uh, payments through their banking portals, their ERP systems and everything else, system after system after system. That's just the AP side. Then you've got the, you know, the purchasing side of thing might have their own uh, source to pay platform. You certainly have an ERP system. You got your companies that have Salesforce as their CRM and uh, all this is coming back to gigantic backlogs on the IT departments, right? And but I th- absolutely keeping these systems talking together <laughs> well is a very, very, very uh, labor-intensive and, and difficult proposition. So I think what we're going to see is rising managed service providers that can bring the tech with them, but probably don't need to rely so heavily on a, on a customer or a, or a client's IT teams to get these things up and running. I think you're still going to see robotic process automation as something being popular, but we're going to see less of that because that's still a very labor intensive. Someone has to manually create these routings the first times they see them or the mappings the first time they see it. Um, But I think ultimately, we're going to see a crunch. We're going to see a crunch of of these resources that are needed, a lot of demand to get these systems implemented. And once we get past that, which I I don't know that we'll completely be past that in 2023, but I think the next evolution is really going to focus on taking the artificial intelligence, layering it with machine learning, 
and actually getting to a point where these two technologies can help to identify the business process itself and start to automate that. So right now, uh, in a lot of cases, AI and ML, you're still kind of teaching it what your business process is, and, and it'll certainly help automate that. But moving forward, you're going to start to see these technologies start to recommend how to automate entire business functions based off of what it learns versus telling it to go do. Well, clearly AP is in for a really big year in 2023. So Bill, I want to thank you for joining me to sort of talk through some of these trends and things that are going on. Thanks a lot for having me, Kelly. It's always a pleasure. And I'd also like to thank everyone that joined us and listened in today. Tune into our next CoreCentric conversation for more insight into the topics of importance to spend management professionals. Until next time. Thanks for joining this CoreCentric conversation the podcast dedicated to sharing stories of procurement and finance transformation. We hope you found our discussion useful. With each episode, it's our goal to give you insight on how to lead change your organization. Get started by visiting us at corecentric.com. That's C-O-R-C-E-N-T-R-I-C.com.